What is going on, Jet fans? Matt O'Leary back with another episode of Just Jets, episode number 210 of Just Jets. It is Combine Week. I am excited to get into it with you guys about the NFL Combine. It's it's an exciting time of year. It means that we're transitioning away from 2023 into 24. Before you know it, free agency, two weeks away. Then you get into the NFL draft. And next thing you know, we're ramping right back up for 2024, which is exciting stuff. That is fantastic news for me and for all New York Jets fans. And then we will get into some comments from Nicole Hardman that were, I guess if we put it nicely, at best, just a little bit frustrating. Um, I just don't like hearing that stuff from Nicole Hardman. We'll get into that. And of course, your voicemails on the program today. So uh, excited to get that show rocking and rolling. So let's get it going first with the NFL Combine. So naturally, guys run really fast. They lift weights. They are stopwatches and a whole lot of fun watching draft prospects. And that's definitely part of it. I do think that some of the drills that they do are a little overrated. For instance, like people are going to put a lot of stock into the 40 times. That's not necessarily something I think you guys should be really looking uh, to do. It's uh, it, it, it matters, but not to the point where you're like, oh, this guy ran a four five and he was supposed to run a four four you know, a low four, four, we can't possibly draft like that. Some of that stuff I think gets a little bit overblown, but you know, there are some things that you could take out of it. For instance, teams have the ability to meet with players. So you get to see who teams are interested in. And that's obviously something we'll get to see from the New York Jets this week. Who are they meeting with? Then we start to see some RAS scores come out. And that's another exciting one for a few reasons. Again, because I think in particular, Joe Douglas is a guy who likes his RAS scores. That is definitely someone who is on the side of going on the more athletic route, especially earlier on in the draft. Uh, like the first three rounds, it's very rare to see him take someone who doesn't score well. Uh, even later in the draft, we've seen examples of it. Like Zach Kuntz is a RAS score just popping off the page. There's been guys like Michael Carter II, I don't believe, had a very good RAS score, but guess what? That was a hit. And then there's been guys who had great RAS scores that did not hit. Uh, an example that I could think of there, Jabari Zuniga, who was a third round pick, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So <clears throat> that is definitely something that if you're a Jets fan that you're going to want to keep an eye on uh, is these trends that Joe Douglas usually likes to lean on and who's coming away with some of the better scores and some of the better numbers out of this Competition, if you will, I guess the NFL draft is uh, NFL scouting combines a little bit of a competition uh, going up against your peers and just seeing how you measure up uh, favorably or unfavorably against some of your, again, like future opponents or guys you are competing against for draft positioning. You know, where are you going to end up in? And if you're a quarterback, are you going to be QB three or QB five? And maybe this is going to be the different differentiating factor. For some of those guys. So for me, I'm definitely excited to see how that, you know, plays out. And there's not necessarily anyone in particular that I'm like, oh, I got to watch this guy and make sure that he hits this mark on this time or anything like that. That's not really what I'm looking for or looking forward to this week. If I'm Joe Douglas or if I'm a Jets fan watching Joe Douglas at the NFL 
combine. Instead, it's who are the Jets meeting with and are we seeing anyone who comes away with things with you know, having, having good RAS scores and guys that they're linked to and, and stuff like that. And again, bad testing doesn't necessarily mean that it makes someone undraftable. And the interviews are important as well. But something else that is important to watch at the Combine, Joe Douglas speaking. Now, he's not going to give you much, but my question that I will pitch to you or just out loud, can we get some answers out of Joe Douglas for once, please? Is that really too much to ask for? Because the Jets have a ton, and I do mean a ton of things that they need to get figured out this offseason. For instance, I'm sure we're going to get questions about Elijah Vera Tucker. Where is he playing on the offensive line? Now, is he going to come out flat out and say that? Probably not. No. My guess is going to be no on that. But again, like we're going to we're looking for hints. We're looking for inklings for the direction that the Jets are going to end up going there. I'm sure Zach Wilson is going to be a question for Joe Douglas and the Jets are anticipated to move on from Zach Wilson this offseason. And I would imagine he gets traded before the NFL draft. My guess is it's some sort of pick swap. Connor Hughes said yesterday that um, he thinks maybe like a sixth round pick and Zach Wilson for a fifth. You move up 30 picks roughly and uh, you, you go you go from there. That's probably the best case scenario you're getting for Zach Wilson at that point. Again, not ideal. I don't really like to see that. That's not the best. I would much rather just, you know, the New York Jets have had their number two overall pick work out, but that's not always the case. Uh, but the Jets are going to be moving on. So are, are we going to get any answers on any insight onto just, again, like what's what's the plan? What happened? All, all that stuff. Joe Douglas doesn't speak very often. He doesn't give a lot, so my expectations are low. But I'm excited because, again, you don't usually get to see a lot of Joe Douglas speaking. It's a few times a year. He'll talk now, and then he won't talk again for a really, really long time. So this is the opportunity that we get to hear him speak. And, you know, there's no Robert Sala this week at the Combine. He's not the only coach who isn't there. It's... I go back and forth on it. It's not the biggest deal, right? There's a, a bunch of other coaches there. In the past, the Jets have, and, and by a bunch of other coaches there, it's like split. I believe there's 12 attending, and then, what is that, 18 or 20 not attending? So it's, most don't go, I guess, but I would have liked to see him go, but I'm not going to pound the table and say it's the worst thing in the world, but getting him him in there and the staff in there talking to some of these guys. Again, it's not necessarily all about, oh, who are you going to pick, but who, I don't know. You, you speak to these guys. As coaches, These are, you're going to be the ones coaching them up. Joe Douglas could like them all they want, but how much are they going to get out of the watching the tape, I guess, is the, the question. It worked in the 2022 draft. Hopefully it works in 2024. Maybe it's an every other year thing for Joe Douglas. You throw 20, 20 out the window, 2022 hit. 2023, TBD, 2021, not looking as hot as the further along we go, but let's maybe get this thing back on track in 2024 and knock this one out of the park. The next thing that I wanted to talk about before we get into your voicemails for this episode, some Nicole Hartman comments. You can't go a day, a week, a millisecond without some former disgruntled player who's moved on and is a borderline roster player who's just got to get like 
I don't know, get their opinions out there on what their relationship was like with the New York Jets. So we'll go through. He was on a podcast. Um, and this is where, you know, the, these comments came from. He was, uh, give me a second. I'll tell you the exact one that it was on. Uh, Ryan Clark's pivot podcast. So a couple things he goes after. First, we'll talk about his comments on Brent Boyer. So Hardman refused to return punts against the Kansas City Chiefs, by the way, which was week four, because he felt that special teams coach Brent Boyer had misled him about the punt returning job in training camp and that he didn't have enough time to prepare when asked on the night of the Kansas City game to step in for Xavier Gibson, who had tweaked an ankle a few days earlier. Harmon said he was dealing with his own injury. He had a hyperextended pinky. That made it tough to catch. He said Salah tried to convince him to do it, but Harmon said he told him, I'm not catching for that man, Boyer. That is, okay, so I can understand taking shots at some of the Jets coaches here, right? Brant Boyer is not one of them. He has survived multiple regimes, and for good reasons. He has had very, very good special teams units. Pretty often, right? Like, more often than not, this guy is getting it going in the special teams group. Uh, there's been some bumps in the road. Obviously, Brain Man thing didn't go well, but uh, you had a Justin Hardy has been fantastic. You had a pro, uh, an all-pro season with Braxton Berrios a few years ago. So he is one of the better special teams coaches in the NFL. There's no denying that. And if you're like, the Jets signed Hardman to be before all hell broke loose, where uh, you get Corey Davis retiring before the season to be their fourth or fifth wide receiver on the depth chart. Right. And then he is upset because they asked him to return punts. Like you can't not have special teams value and be a team's fifth receiver. That's very strange. Very, very strange. Uh, uh, also, apparently, he said that he was checked out by that point, which, again, Jets Chiefs was week four of the NFL season. I know he didn't get a ton of run in week one and week three, and I think he had a couple of catches in week two, um, and a lot of it came in garbage time. But um, he goes, I was so checked out, like it was over with. I had already talked to Kansas City, uh, GM Brett, Be uh, Brett Veach, and Pat Mahomes, and was like, come and get me. Two weeks later, he's traded back to Kansas City. Being checked out like that in week four, not the best of look looks. Um, on why it didn't work out with the Jets, Harmon said, it's the lies and the way they handled me. I don't like it at all. He made it clear that other than Garrett Wilson, he felt like he was as good or better than every wide receiver on the team. After Corey Davis retired, you can make a case for it, right? It should have been Alan Lazard, and it wasn't. But... Uh, again, like this is a guy who's a, a very a limited role player. He's he's not a, a a star receiver making these comments. And again, I get like the offensive staff. There's definitely some problems with the offensive offensive staff, which he would then go on to say, uh, you get a, a new offensive coaching staff that came in and there was no standard. Everybody does what they want to do. Granted, the defense has much more stabilized standard with the coaching staff on that side. So defense has a standard, but the offense is just like, we'll figure it out. It's Aaron's show. Let Aaron do what Aaron does. Then when Aaron goes down, it's like we don't know what to do. That is very clear. I'm not going to you know dismiss any of those comments. Clearly, the Jets operated this season 
where it was again very very clear that they had no backup plan for Aaron Rodgers going down and I I am frustrated with Nathaniel Hackett I'm frustrated with this offensive staff that's that's a given but at the same time like I'm just I have a hard time of these guys getting their shots off you know these fringe roster players getting shots off after they leave or anonymous sources, you know, from, you know, X-Jet says, blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's enough, man. It's so, it's tiring. I'm just tired of these stories. And I get it. Like, I'm not saying that the Jets are are free of blame or they don't deserve to be criticized. Of course they do. Of course they do. But, I don't know. Nicole Harmon being the one that was, like, so wronged here. Where on the season, he goes back to Kansas City and has 14 catches for 118 yards in 12 games with them in the regular season. Had 124 receiving yards this year after having 297 the year prior. Like, this is, we got to put some of these things into perspective a little bit. I think some guys themselves have a little bit of an ego. And I gave Michael Harmon credit for how he handled things when he was here at the time with how he spoke to the press because I thought that aspect of it was good but then after the fact it's like oh, I won the Super Bowl now I'm just going to get all my shots in on the Jets it's like it's just annoying it's very tiresome to me so I could do without that stuff honestly but man it's just everyone they, everybody's got something to say it feels like everybody's just got something to say so okay let's go into your voicemails now we will get started with uh, Constantine, he wants to talk about Brock Bowers. All right, Constantine, let's do it. Let's talk some Brock Bowers in the NFL draft. Hey, Matty, Constantine from PA. Listen, man, I want to take a moment and apologize about a few things that I said. I really appreciate the fact that you let me, uh, that you played my voicemail and you heard my side of it, and that was big of you, so I respect you for that. Now, you're right. It shouldn't be a personal thing. We're talking about the Jets. That's the team we grew up to love. Love or hate them, bottom line is we're still Jet fans. So here's what I'm thinking. As far as the draft is concerned, we got a no-miss prospect in Brock Bowers. I know everybody's saying offensive line, offensive line, and I get it. But you got to also understand, these winning teams, I mean, look at the Patriots. Gronkowski. Look at the 49ers winning the NFC, going to the Super Bowls with Kittle, even though he didn't do much during the Super Bowl, mind you. But I feel as if the tight end position is really crucial, and that's something the Jets really haven't focused on until recently. I mean, even I'll go back as far as Bavaro with the Giants. You know, he was a huge part of that run along with the defense, and we have an excellent defense. And our offense can find a couple of wide receivers, and we could pick up a few guys for the offensive line. Remember, if Rodgers is healthy, he's a different quarterback. He's going to get rid of the ball a lot quicker. And I, I, I think I think with him, his relationship with Nathaniel Hackett, I think it's going to be a benefit for the offense to really kick in. I mean, we already got a stud of a receiver already in a position. So we just got to get a couple more guys. Um, as far as Bowers is concerned, he's a no-miss. 
prospect. I mean, you, you can't miss this guy. If you have an opportunity to take him, you have to take him at 10. I mean, what do you think? I think it's going to be dependent. Thanks, Constantine, for calling in. Uh, I think it's going to be really dependent on how the Jets go about fixing their offensive line in free agency. With Lakin Tomlinson being cut, the Jets have three holes on their offensive line. They have to decide where they're going to play. Lake, uh, excuse me, Lakin Tomlinson, AVT, and Joe Tipman. Is it guard or is it tackle for AVT? And for Joe Tipman, is it center or is it guard? Once you figure that out, then you have to attack free agency and go, I either need a center, guard, tackle, whatever, right? Whatever. I don't think the Jets are going to be able to draft Brock Bowers at 10 unless they have uh, their offensive line situation already figured out heading into that draft. They have an answer at left tackle, guard, center, guard, and right tackle. If they do, then yeah, Brock Bowers makes a ton of sense. I think they're going to need that 10th pick to be on the offensive line to be the last piece of the puzzle, whether it's at left tackle or right tackle, whether like Fashanu's a left tackle, you know that, Fuanga's a right tackle, JC Latham, whoever, right? Like whatever your whoever your favorite offensive lineman is that you want the Jets to draft. It's not a bad point to bring up about Brock Bowers, like just add weapons. And I, Brock Bowers isn't just a, a typical tight end. So it's not as simple to just completely just you dismiss and move on. It's not. There's a little bit more nuance to the conversation than that. But it's, I think it's going to be challenging for the Jets to go that route. I also, I think there's a chance he goes to the Chargers at, at five. I think. Hard to get a feeling on what they would do. You know, maybe Joe Walt goes off the board there. That's been a new fan favorite in mock drafts recently, but I could see them going with a weapon, wide receiver or tight end in Bowers. I wouldn't be mad. I'll tell you this right now. I would not be mad about Brock Bowers being a New York Jet because he'd be a lot of fun to watch in this offense, and they need more weapons, which is absolutely the truth. Let's go to Oliver calling in from Long Island. He wants to talk about hot seats and who's uh, and whose seat between Joe Douglas and Robert Sala should be hotter. Hey Matt, Oliver from Long Island. Uh, appreciate you taking time to listen. My question is, do you think that Robert Sala or I know they're both on the hot seat, but who do you think should be on more of the hot seat? Because I think it's Joe Douglas, you know, middle of the season, way needed offensive line and we are still in the race. Can can someone answer me this question? Was Roger Saffold on the team? Because I remember him getting signed, and I was like, all right. He's, why were we playing that blonde guy, what was his name, Hilton and Xavier Newman, who's traditionally a backup center playing guard? Was he just too old? Why did we even sign him? Why was he on the team? Because it seems like Joe Douglas has done nothing correct for the entire, entire time he's been here, and he's been here longer than Salah. I know Salah's not done anything great, but... You know, I I think I'm have more blame for Joe Douglas than I do for Robert Sala right now. I wonder if you feel the same. And yeah, just if, can someone tell me where Roger Saffold is? All right, thanks, Matt. Have a great day. Yeah, so Roger Saffold was such a pacifier move. The same with Trevor Simeon. It was like, oh, fans are crying about backup quarterback here. Trevor Simeon, boop, put that in. Oh, the fans are crying about offensive line. Roger Saffold, boop, put that in. And Saffold was 
underweight. So they were trying to get him up to speed. It just never happened. Uh, so that was just a complete waste, as you mentioned. I think their seats should be equally hot. I'm not bringing back one and not the other, right? Like if you're going to move on, move on from both. I hate the met messed up timelines where it's like, oh, well, this guy, you know, he's been here for this amount of time. And this guy, he's only been here since this. So, you know, like when the, the Jets insisted on keeping Rex Ryan and then they had to hire like their 55th choice uh, at GM and got uh, Idzik in here. And then they do it right. They clean house and then they hire McCagnin and Bulls. Not right. And then they just fire Bulls and keep McCagnin. They hire a coach and then fire McCagnin. And then that's how Joe Douglas gets here. And it's just, it's all, it's a mess. That is a mess to me. So I think their seats are equally hot. They both have their flaws. They both have some positives. Like, I, I don't think we can completely dismiss the 22 draft class. I know that's what Joe Douglas is hanging his hat on. Um, he's had some good UDFA fines. Uh, he's also had some hits, like picking up John Franklin Myers. And uh, he was also able to pick up uh, Quincy Williams. I don't know why I was blinking on his name. Thank you. Quincy Williams. Uh, in in order to really help out this team. There were some misses as well. Um, DJ Reed was a hit. Uh, misses in free agency. There's a, a laundry list there. So he hasn't been perfect. Obviously, he hasn't been perfect. But I think their seats are equally hot. I think, you know, if they go 8-9 and nine and miss the playoffs next year, I, I fire both. I move on from both of them. I'm not going to go, ah, well, let's give this Joe Douglas guy another run of the mill and then just change the coach. Or go, I'm going to fire the GM but I, I've seen enough from Robert Sala where I want to keep him and hire a different GM. No, no, don't do that. Clean slate. Get both guys in the, at the same time. I want to talk to you guys about a problem I've been having. So I always start my day with a coffee and then in the afternoon I find myself going right back downstairs to make another cup. The problem is my energy level just isn't there throughout the day. I never really liked how energy drinks made me feel, so instead what I did, I decided to try Magic Mind, and I noticed an immediate impact. After my first week, I noticed I was more focused, and I was even sleeping better at night. It has all natural ingredients, it's sugar-free, nut-free, vegan, keto, and paleo-friendly, and I totally recommend that you try it. And for a limited time, you get a 56% off your first subscription or 20% off your one-time purchase. If you go to magicmind.com slash justjets and use my code justjets20. The Kardashians drink it, Joe Rogan had it on his podcast, and even I drink it. So make sure to check it out and use my code justjets20 to get in on the savings. Will from Dallas is up next. Will from Dallas is next. Hey, Matt. Will calling from Dallas. Uh, you can listen to the first voicemail if you want, but I just organized my thoughts a little bit better, and I wanted to uh, restart. So, um, first of all, I don't want to get involved in your battles or make it seem like I am trying to like run and save you or anything like that, but um, like you're a big boy. You can handle yourself. You're, you're an adult, but um, I just wanted to make sure you knew that the vast majority of fans, the, the, the base that you're supposed to be reaching out to, supposedly, we wholeheartedly love and support you for uh, everything you do. Um, I'm 23 years old now. I've been listening to the show since I was 19. 
I've grown up a lot just strictly listening to your show. Um, it's been one of the main constants in my life. I've listened since episode one. I've listened to you in general since before episode one. But I mean, we're we're at like the two year or four year mark at, at this point on on just jets. And uh, I just wanted you to know the vast majority of your fan base because we are your fan base. Is uh, we appreciate what you do and uh, play this on the air. Play don't, don't play it on the air. Whatever you want to do. I just wanted to make sure you knew that. One, I really enjoy your show. I support what you do. I, Thank you. You know, I'm willing to listen to anything you have to say because I, I enjoy your show. And if you don't like the show, don't listen to it. Like it's it's really simple. I don't I don't really understand the thought process. Like, you want to start your own show? That's fine. Like that's exactly what we need is another old man yelling at the internet about how miserable their life is and how much they hate their team. Like, that's exactly what the Internet needs, right? I appreciate your positivity. I appreciate what you do for uh, the Jets community. I live in Dallas, and there's not a lot of Jet fans here, so it's nice to have some kind of tie to the Jets community. Um, anyways, appreciate you. Uh, love the show. Keep doing what you're doing. And as always, go Jets. Yeah, I appreciate that, Will. Thank you. And, you know, it doesn't have to be at – anything or at any one necessarily uh, in particular, but um, yeah, I, I do appreciate all the the support. I couldn't, I couldn't do what I do every single day without you guys. And I am very appreciative of that. Um, you know, doing this for this show in particular for four years. And I'm going to be honest, I've thought about stopping this version of the show before just jets. Uh, I love doing it. And that's really the only reason why I've kept it going. Like just, some things have kind of just changed, and whether it's the YouTube algorithm or just my format, uh, the shorter videos usually tend to do better, and it takes a little bit more time to do longer videos and you know edit and upload and the whole thing on the wall. It's just it's a bare file. It's more time. It's just it's a lot. But I like talking to you guys, and and talking to is is loose, and that's something else. Like gotten pushed back on with the the voicemails a little bit but I think most people I've spoken to like the voicemails it's different I want to do something that's a little bit different we could do live shows right like there are plenty of avenues that you know people have said like oh why don't you do like live call-ins or you know have them come on the air that way and I get that side of it and I like I've done thing I've done streams like the pregame streams I always put the link in and you know able to join that way but this is I just wanted it to be a little bit different I wanted it to be a little bit more sports talky right like sports talk radio that was where I got my start in I started in in radio and there's in order to get on the air on the radio you got to get your your call screen and that's what this is in a way is it's a screening process process to have the voicemail system this way. And then also like, I don't know this. I've, I feel like there's some confusion on what it is that I actually do or what my role is. And I find like, that's so weird to me that I have to like talk about it or, or say what it is, but I'm just a, a jets fan who is reacting to the biggest jets news or rumors or stories of the day. Like, I don't know why, some people are like, oh, well, like this is content reacting to the Jeff Ulbricht story where 
you know, the, someone from the Athletic in San Francisco mentioned that Jeff Ulbrich might be a contender for the job in San Fran as the DC. But to that, I go like, I'm not, I'm not Walter Cronkite here. I'm not coming on the air and re- reporting the news. I'm just reacting to things that have happened. And again, that's I've done it for five five years now on this channel, and it's it's worked well. I'm just a Jet fan like you guys, and I just wanted a place. I made this channel because I wanted a place to talk about the Jets, and I wanted to make a place, which this is what this channel has become, and I'm so and this show too has become, which is why I, I keep it going and why I love doing it so much is because it's a place where fans could come together and just talk about the biggest things that are being talked about with the Jets. That's that's what it is. That's what sports talk is. Um, so I appreciate that, Will. Uh, I, I really do. And uh, yeah, I don't th- I'm going to keep this thing going. I, I, I like doing just Jets. Let's go to Henry in Maryland. He wants to talk about fixing the New York Jets. Good morning, Matt O'Leary. What's up, sir? Henry from Maryland, an expatriate Valley Street Central Long Islander. Question for you, sir. What are the basic picks or acquisitions you would take in free agency to fill out all the holes so that we could enter the 2024 draft and select the best talent that drops to us? Question. Didn't take any more Jake Asman this morning. Had to call you. Thanks, Matt. Bye. I appreciate that. We are. This is a pro Jake Asman podcast. One of my good friends in this business. He is a quality program. Talked about uh, or had on Connor Hughes on his show yesterday, and had a great interview with him and got a lot of insight there. So did, did a video reacting on on that yesterday. Love that. Maybe some of the callers. That gets you. Anyway, I would do so. I th- essentially, what Henry is saying, at least my interpretation of it, is how could they, what can they do to fix everything else so that they could take a Brock Bowers if he falls? Essentially, like that's what my mind goes BPA. So that would be what do the Jets have to do? And this kind of ties into Constantine's first question, where like how they not passing on that talent. So here's what I would do to try to fix this offensive line through free agency. I would, let's start with the two guys that you have in AVT and Titman. I would play both those guys on the right side of the line. So AVT at right tackle, Joe Titman at right guard, sign a left guard in free agency. I'll say Graham Glasgow. That's a name that I really like a lot. You know, six to $8 million. Bring back Connor McGovern on the cheap. One and a half, two million dollars. And sign Tyron Smith to a one-year flyer at like $10 million. Or insert, you know, I really not want to go this route, but back to Ari. Not a fan of that plan. I think that you're just asking for an injury. Tyron Smith's kind of the same thing, but he plays a little bit more than uh, Bakhtiari. But I think that's kind of the, you'd have to do that in free agency, bring those guys back. And sure, you can go bigger and better at center or guard, but you still have to fill out the rest of your roster. So like, let's say one and a half, six for Glasgow, 10 for Smith, sign Jacoby Brissett for eight, and then sign uh, like a Tyler Boyd and Curtis Samuel for a combined 16 million. Like they both get $8 million a pop. 
steals. And then at that point, then sure, you could draft Brock Bowers at at 10, and suddenly you have uh, a variety of different weapons that you could use in this offense. I think that would probably be the best way to go about uh, about doing it. Let's go. Vinny from Long Island up next wants to get into trading up for Joe Alt. Hey, bad. It's Constantine. Oh, don't do I'm that. just Come so on. mad and grumpy all the time. I can't let you be happy. No one else is allowed to enjoy your show. Now, nah, what up, man? It's Vinny from Long Island. Come on, man. What's up? And uh, any idea if there's a chance they maybe trade up for Joe Alt? Uh, I know that's going to be a big ass because he's the top tackle in the class, but even if it doesn't happen, what would be a realistic option if they were to move up? Like, what would we have to give up? And we've had so many issues with offensive line and left tackle in the past. Maybe it's time just to do whatever it takes, get the best guy out there and secure the future for a while, knowing that he should be the best. I mean, granted, there's no give me's in the, in the draft, and we thought then. We thought Mackay was the answer, but we know how that turned out. <laughs> Not great. So uh, Not great. Just let me know what you think, and appreciate it. Enjoy the show. Thank you. So, here we go. What can the the Jets do to trade up? You have to get in front of Tennessee at seven. So the Giants are at six, and the Chargers could potentially take them at five. I don't think you have enough to get up to like the top four. But let's say for this example, the Chargers go with either receiver or Bowers. So then you're trading with the Giants. And I, so pick 10, your third round pick for sure. And then maybe like a mid, mid round pick in 2025 is enough to get the Giants to bite like 10, a third, and then next year's third, maybe would be enough to get you up that high. It's it's going to be pricey, man. It's going to be pricey to move up. I like Joe off the lot. Uh, I, I think he would be obviously a home run to add to this offensive line, but I'm hoping that, you know, Fashanu or Fuaga are kind of the same thing. I mean, when we were talking about winning games versus losing games at the end of the year, most people were operating under the assumption that Olu Fashanu was going to be a top five pick, and he wasn't, you know, even in the question for, you know, who could the Jets end up getting. It was Joe Walt. If the Jets end up at six, they could maybe get, they could get Joe Walt and they end up picking 10 and, well, it looks like there's a good chance Olufushanu could be the one who ends up there for them and not Joe Alt. So we'll see what happens there, but I don't think the Jets have enough to trade up. Let's go to our guy, Travis from Ohio. Travis, he wants to, he says it's time to go all in. I, I believe him. Let's let's listen. Hey Matt. What's up, dude? Travis from Ohio. Hey, brother. Long time caller. Long time listener. Um, I think you were on to something yesterday when you put out your mock draft where you had a whole bunch of trade-offs. That's actually what I was thinking about. I want to see this weekend. Um, this past weekend, I was thinking about it. Like, I want Joe Douglas to go completely all in. I I just want to see him make all the trade-offs we possibly can. Um, like you said in your video, I, we we don't need ten draft picks. We need like 
four or five good, great ones. Or, you know, free agency. That that first round pick that we got gifted because of, unfortunately, the Rogers injury is like the biggest house money we've ever had because we shouldn't have had it. So I, I think that is the most impactful um, uh, asset of this whole regime, the Sala Douglas regime. That's fair. And you might as well fall on your sword at this point. I mean, hell with it. You might as well swing for the fences. I know I love me some Joe Douglas, and I'm a Joe Douglas apologist, but... A little bit, but that's okay. Dude has upgraded every position on the team. Granted, it took a couple swings at each position, but look at the defense. Jeez, Louise. And on offense, we have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Joe Douglas drafted Zach Wilson and James Morgan. <laughs> But he also brought in Aaron Rodgers. I mean, not his fault he got hurt. Maybe kind of was because the crap offensive line, but... The backup plan, really, is where I have That's the issue. only place he hasn't upgraded. So, I just want to see him go all in, start trading up for picks or people, see what he does with Bryce Huff. It could get interesting. I mean, just play big ball monopoly and start trading stuff. And because they don't have a future if they don't go all in this year. So, uh, oh, he got cut there. His three minutes were up. But all fair points that you bring up, my good friend from Ohio. Hope things are going well with you, Travis. Uh, it is time to go in. And I was pulling up while you were talking. I want to pull up the Jets draft picks that they have this year. It's pick uh, first round pick, third, two fourths, one sixth, and three sevenths. So one, two, three. That's eight picks. Do they need to make eight selections in this year's draft class? Probably not. No. Can they come away with making six? I'd say that's probably more likely. Like, I don't think the Jets need to take four throw dart throws in rounds six and beyond. They, I would try to move up that way. It's going to be pricey to get back into the second round, but can you do a third and a fourth and maybe a, a pick next year or something like that to get back in? Like, there's a lot of ways that they could do it, and you bring up a good point in that this is a time like this is you got to prove it now or you're not going to be able to be here in 2025 and beyond to continue building this this slow build, uh, so to speak, through the NFL draft. Let's go to Jerome up next in Georgia. He is upset at Robert Sala and has no optimism. Matt O'Leary, thank you so much for taking my call. This is Jerome from Savannah, Georgia. Um, it was recently, and I'm sure you've covered this, although I've been away, so I don't, I, I'm sorry, I've missed some of your episodes, um, that Robert Sala will not be attending the Combine. What a shame. Uh, if Salama Lama Ding Dong evaluates talent Come the on. way that he coaches, I don't want him at the Combine. This fucking fraud 
this empty suit, this glorified snake oil salesman, uh, insurance hustler, glorified motivational speaker, should not be at the combine. Should not be at the combine. Um, it sucks that originally I was going to call in and ask you uh, to make the case for Michael Pratt over Spencer Rattler as a potential day oh. three selection as a developmental quarterback. I know you like Pratt a lot, and uh, I actually like Rattler better, and I wanted to pick your brain about that. But this news compelled me to call in. Um, I, I, Matt, I, I am not going to share the optimism that my Jets fan, uh, fellow Jets fans apparently have for this upcoming season. Please talk me down. Anyway, again, thank you so much for taking my call. <laughs> Wild range on this one. But... So, Sal, I would say Salah does a very good job evaluating defensive talent. His biggest flaws, are, or this whole team's biggest flaws, are on the offensive side of the ball. And you also have to give Joe Douglas some uh, some legit gripes there uh, with that one. Uh, in order to give you a little bit more optimism, it's not going to be easy, but there's a chance the Jets are going to be getting a very impactful player in the top 10 in the NFL draft, more than likely on the offensive line. Offensive line and quarterback play were the biggest issues with the Jets on the field. Taking out, coaching, all, all that. Like, just looking at the actual team and how they're playing, they were held back because the offensive line and the quarterback play was horrendous last year. Getting Aaron Rodgers back and going from the 32nd offensive line to the... 19th offensive line is going to make a massive difference on offense. They're still going to be top 10 in defense. Even if they take a step back, they'll still be a top 10 unit defensively. Still be a top five unit in special teams. If you could be a middle of the pack offense to like, I don't know, 15 or higher on offense. Is that enough? I think it's enough to make the playoffs. And then beyond that, who knows? At that point, who knows? But it's I get it. It's going to be tough to get that optimism in right now. Let's close with Peter from the beautiful Hudson Valley. Hey, Matt. It's Peter from up in the beautiful Hudson Valley calling in this week to talk about some more free agents, possible free agents, uh, or additions that have come up in recent times, last week or so. Um, but I haven't really seen you talk about it yet. I don't believe in any of your videos. Uh, one... Cam Robinson, uh, the swing tackle from the Jaguars. Wondering what your thoughts are on if he's a good possible addition for the Jets at left tackle. If they can't find themselves any other better left tackle. Mm. Sounds like if he does get shaken free uh, because the Jaguars need some extra cap space, despite all the cap space all teams are granted uh, this past week. Uh, if you think he would be a good addition uh, to help out the Jets, of course, at their needs on the O-line, that being said, the other pipe dream, as I like to call it, that I've seen floating around, of course, is Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver from the Vikings. I don't believe they really want to get rid of him, despite what their cap situation may be. But, obviously, the positive side is if the Jets did go all in and try to acquire him, if you pair him with Garrett Wilson, it's going to be the Pick your poison scenario. Who are you going to double team? Someone's going to be getting open no matter what you do True. there. So someone's going to be getting a lot of you know balls thrown their way. 
Um, but to give um, possibly two first-round picks or maybe even more picks for him, including this year's first-round pick, uh, like you said in the past, I don't think the Jets can afford to do that. Sitting at 10, they nearly need to get themselves an O-lineman. And unless they can address the offensive line by getting, say, two tackles in free agency, Cam Robinson being one, that would be nice, in my opinion. Um, I just don't see it happening for the Jets to go after Jefferson. Again, it'd be really great, but you know, more logical choices are people like Cortland Sutton, uh, Sutton or um, Calvin Ridley. So let me know your thoughts on those two things. I uh, hope you're feeling better, and as always, go Jets! Thank you. Much appreciated, Peter. Getting there. Still not 100%. This thing has kicked my ass, man. This has been... It's been a tough... It's like six days now. It's just ridiculous. Um, I'm like lukewarm on Robinson. He's he's okay. He gets into some penalty problems at times. Um, he's not my favorite option. But to be honest with you, as I've said a lot before, I don't really love a lot of the tackles. And specifically left tackles like Bakhtiari, major injury concern. Smith, major in- injury concern. Jonah Williams, stinks. Trent Brown, stinks. And it's going to get paid. Both those guys stinking are going to get paid. I guess I, if I probably prefer to go the draft route, but if you sign like an Onwenu in a in a Robinson, maybe, or a a, a Fant in a Robinson, it's tough. It's going to be really tough to figure that one out through just free agency. I think anyway. I think it'll be one and one. Cam Robinson's an interesting name. It's a little outside the box, like then uh, some of the names that normally come up. I'm lukewarm on him. I think it would be an okay option. I'm not going to be like, I'm like so excited. Yes, they definitely filled tackle, but it's interesting outside the box option. They're not Justin Jefferson. That that whole thing, that whole rumor was created by Dove. Uh, he sourced. I forget even who he sourced, but it was someone who hasn't tweeted in like three years and there has written zero stories about Justin Jefferson potentially being available. Jets are not going to be in on Justin Jefferson. I don't see that as a realistic thing. I just don't. They have too many other other, other needs. I would love Justin Jefferson on this team. Don't get that twisted. I think, you know, you find a way to make it work, that would be great, but that's, I don't think is going to happen. I personally don't think that's going to happen. So we will see there. But yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. Episode 210 of Just Jets. I am Matt O'Leary. Before you go, please make sure to subscribe. Like the video before you go. If you're listening to audio form, subscribe. Leave a review. That really helps me out a lot. I appreciate all your guys' support. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. And I'll catch you guys next time.